the average person can survive about three to five minutes without air. They can survive about 10 days without water. One can survive about 40 days without food. But no one can survive without hope. It's so true. If you don't have hope, you, ha- you don't have anything to look forward to. You have no reason to get up in the morning if you have no hope. So as I just said with the kids, hope is a feeling or of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. It's a person or thing that may help or save someone, or it's grounds for believing something good may happen. So how does one get hope? How does one get hope? Hope happens when a person develops certain expectations that are usually bound by a certain time limit. For example, since it's Youth Sunday, I'm going to use the high school graduates. I don't know if is. Tanner here today? No? Um, So I don't have any of the high school graduates that I know of here today. They're taking tests and doing other things that are, it's a busy weekend, and that's why we're doing things a little different. But a high school, let's say someone's graduating from high school, and this is all just made up, but they've worked their butt off to get scholarships, to go to college. They've determined what major they're going to do. They have an expectation that they get done with school in four years, that they're going to have the major that they love and the job that they have always dreamt of. And so they go to college. First month, it's good. Second month, second or into the semester, still good. First year, maybe, still good. And then they realize they didn't choose the right major. Or they, didn't li- they don't like what the school they're at or all of those things. And so they start to have a loss of hope. Because they realize if they change majors, they may end up having to go longer in school. They don't like the major, so they may have a different idea of what their hope is or what their goal in life is. And so they're changing, and so they're starting to have a loss of hope. And usually it starts unconsciously. I think all of you can probably relate to it. You have a daunting task in front of you. You know you have a timeline, and you're not going to make it. So what do you do? Unconsciously, you start to procrastinate. Unconsciously, you start to sabotage yourself a little bit because you know you're not going to make it, so you might as well not make it. I've never finished trim on any project I've ever done in any project. I hate trim, but it means that I'm finished and then I can be critiqued if my project was perfect or not. So if I'm not ever done, I can't be critiqued. That's, I just gave away my secret to my wife. Dang it. <laughs> so, um, oh, darn it. Who does trim work in here? No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right, so, so they, they lose that conscious, that they have an unconscious thing, and it's the most dangerous part because we're not aware that we're doing it necessarily. And it starts to end up costing us and take away our motivation. You know, in the student example, maybe they start skipping classes the first thing, or they only do homework kind of. They don't do it to full, their full potential. They just kind of do their homework because they're not satisfied on what they're doing. And then the self-sabotage continues and continues. So loss of confidence leads to loss of hope, which leads to depression or despair. We quickly forget the good that we have and only focus on the bad and hard times in life. Instead of remembering our foundation that we have built over the years, we start to look for escapes. We try to escape from our perceived reality. 
So some people will use money. Their, their budget is tight, but what do they use for a, a... That was the wrong spot. So back here. Um, no, so they, uh, they might use money, or they may have trouble with money. And what do they use sometimes to uh, alleviate their stress about money? Shopping spree. Doesn't make sense at all, but it happens. That's one of the ways. You know, the other thing is, is that they do, like I said before, they say, well, I'm going to mess this project up, so I might as well be a real mess up. I'm going to really make it bad. I'm not going to get there, so instead of getting to 90%, I'm going to get to nothing. And then we also, the other way we do it is we tell others that we didn't really want the promotion, or we didn't want the job, or we didn't want whatever, when we, all we do is really actually suppress what we really desired. Be, we really did want those things, but we, we justify it to others to say, we didn't, I didn't really want that. Because we, didn't wanna, we don't want to confess that we really are disappointed. So, where does your hope lie is the to- title of my sermon. So, where does it lie? Does it lie in your finances? Does it rely on your self-image or yourself? Does it, does it rely on others? Your spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, friends, coworkers, parents, even your kids. All of those can be where you find your hope. Your material objects. You know, you need the next greatest whatever. For me, it used to be bikes all the time or or golf clubs or whatever. I needed those things to make my life better. And maybe it's business success, investments, your storehouses as we have, our barns. And And for the high school students right now, it's grades, scholarships, and universities. You have to go to the prestigious school. You have to go to the best school. You have to have all the scholarships. You have to be able to get perfect grades. It's a lot of stress. So then, I like word plays. My title actually didn't mean that. It actually meant, where does your hope lie to you? So where does your hope lie? Because none of those things will ever be sufficient. They will never get you to the place that you need to be, that you can have hope. Pure, true hope. Because if you put your money as your hope or your safety net or your retirement fund or whatever it is, whatever that level is, it will never be enough. It will never be enough because you will outspend it or, it will just, or you'll have to live a different lifestyle than you envisioned for yourself so you'll not like that. Those things will happen. But because all of those things lie to us, We become self-loathing, we beat ourselves up, we listen to the lies people have told us and we have told ourselves. And Satan wants to reinforce those thoughts. Do you remember last week, if you were here, I talked about testing of the spirits. 1 John 4, 1-6. Test the voices that you hear. It's yours, someone else's, God's, or Satan in your head. Test it. Make sure that Christ is the Savior of the voice that you're hearing and know that it lines up with Scripture. Because if you're beating yourself up, if you're saying you're worthless, if you say you'll never have, you'll never do, you'll never be, those are not things that God created. He did not create you that way. So an article from Psychology Today says, Do you enjoy it when other people judge and critique you? Does it encourage you to thrive or boast your... uh, or boost your self-confidence? Would you tolerate it if someone bullied your child or harassed your friend? Without a doubt, these are painful experiences 
So why let the voices in your own head be the same to you? Do the same to you. Why be your own bully? Because that is what it, you are if you incessantly self-criticize. No one knows you better than you do. No one knows what hurts you most and how to attack your weaknesses in the meanest way possible. It's true. It's true. I've lived there. I know each of you live there. We beat ourselves up. We criticize ourselves. And that's not anything but a tool Satan uses. That's what that is. So, have you ever noticed that in the hardest of times, our faith actually increases? Our faith increases under pressure. Because when things are good, we've done it. Things are great. I don't have any pressure. I don't have to worry about anything. That life is just great. It started excellent. You know, it's just perfect. I don't have anything to worry about. But when we fall on our faces and we don't know what to do, that's when we turn to God the most. That's when we pray to God. That's when we cry out to God to help us. So Hebrews 11. So I'm going to give you some scripture that you can have to to remember this, that you will not be forsaken. So Hebrews 11.1, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Isaiah 40, 27 through 31 is, Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, my cause is disregarded by God? Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. That reassures us that that's what we have. We are not going to be forsaken or forgotten by God, even though it seems like it in the midst of our darkness. And Romans 5, 1-5 is, Therefore, since you have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his, this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Scripture now that we understand that we have the Lord and the Lord is not going to forget us also tells us how we are to give an answer for our hope. So if we truly believe Scripture and we know that this is real, we know we can stand on it and, we can, and God has not forgotten us, we can then turn around and give other people hope through our hope, through our tragedies, through our dis pleasure through our times of struggle. And so First uh, Peter uh, 1, 3, and 4, which I did not read from the kids thing, so sorry. Talk amongst yourselves. No, I'm just kidding. I'm almost there. Um, 1, uh, 1 Peter 1, 3 through 4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and in His great mercy He has given us new birth into a living hope 
through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And then 1 Peter 3, 15 and 17 says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone, everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously, maliciously sorry, against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. And Hebrews 10, 23-25. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some in the, are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see in the day approaching. And then the biggest mistake we make sometimes is we don't believe it. We don't believe that God really cares or he's not going to show up. We pray and we don't expect it. There's a video that I saw a few days ago, probably a month now, time flies. Um, but there was a, there's people standing around and they were really, really hot. And it must have been Arizona, southern Texas, I don't know. But they were really hot, just perspiring everywhere. And they, pray, they prayed and prayed and prayed to God for rain. And so everybody goes, amen, and they walk away. And this woman comes back on screen, she has an umbrella. And she's standing there in the umbrella, and the guy's like, what are you doing? Must be right in this spot again. Um, what are you doing? And she goes, well, we, uh, we prayed for rain, so I'm preparing for the rain to come. And he goes, well, that's not how prayer works. <laughs> See, do you get it? Like, that's what we do sometimes when we pray. We think, oh, God will just show up when he decides to show up. No, we can call upon him to do those things, and we should be prepared that he's going to answer our prayers right now. Right now. He may not, but right now. So if you pray, pray earnestly that he will do that right now. And so this, everybody's scoffing at her for bringing out an umbrella, and she's the only one that's actually prepared that he will do. I mean, because she's like, what's the point of praying if you don't believe it? And it's true. But I know I've done it myself. I know some of you may have done it. I hope you didn't. I hope you all, as soon as you pray, you know it's coming, and you're ready, and you get prepared. But that's one of the things we do. So... Three more scriptures. I love scripture, and I'm just going to use a ton of it, so I um, hope you're keeping up. But. So Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He is always with you. Jeremiah 29.11-13, most will already know this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. With all your heart. The key, earnest prayer, being ready. In Psalm 62, 5-8, Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to Him. 
for God is our refuge. I forgot to mention why I chose to do this topic this Sunday. But after last week with the power of choice, and I talked about how at the prayer vigil there were so many people who were very honest, and I was, I was honored to be able to do the prayer vigil, and others I know were too, but how many people were broken? How many people were in despair? How many people had no hope on those cards? And so I said, hope is what we need to talk about. Hope is what we all need every single day. It doesn't matter. Your level of need of hope may be feeling like it's this much. And for others, this is the last straw. They need hope. They need someone to come alongside them and help them when they're at the end of their rope. So I'm going to give you six steps that I found in an article um, called Finding Hope on how to find hope. How to restore hope in your lives if you feel like you've lost hope. Or if you know someone, this is your chance. If you feel awesome, guess what? You're going to be point number two in this example. If you feel great right now and you've gone through some things and you're on the other side of it, you're number two. So I'm going to go through the list. So if you feel great, I still encourage you to write this down because you can pass it on to someone else who you come across. And you will come across somebody who needs hope. There should be pens in the pews. There's, you've got a bulletin, hopefully. Um, if not, get me your cell phone number afterwards or your email, and I'll send you the list of the six. I wish we were one of those cool churches, which I could have done it, but I didn't get around to it. I could have made a slide. You could have just taken a picture like you see in the mega churches, and that's their note-taking ability. I didn't plan that far ahead. So how do most people cope with the loss of hope? The trend is to try to escape from your current reality. This leads to behaviors that can alter your thinking. Addictions come from this place. Despair comes from this place. And end of life comes from this place. When we lose hope. It hasn't been that long since we had a lot of loss of hope in our high school. And I just I pray that that never happens again. I hope we can speak into those kids' lives and into each other's lives that the loss of hope is not the reason for the end of life. So the six steps that came out of psychology today, finding hope, are first, number one, find a clear path. You have a goal that you want to achieve. Maybe it's sobriety. Maybe it's financial help. Maybe it's whatever. You have a goal. So you, you try to see that your effort is making a difference to the result you want. You have to set a clear path. Number two, look for role models who have found solutions. So if you've gone through something and you can relate to someone, but you're on the other side of it, you're number two. You're the person who's going to be their mentor, their sponsor, whatever name you want it to be, that's going to be able to help people to see clearly and stick to their path. It's a huge responsibility, and all of us can do it. You don't have to have a counseling degree. You don't have to have any special training because we rely on the Word, and God will show up. If you love on people, God will show up and show you how to help. He will. And then you, number three is you do what you know you can. So you take little bite-sized chunks, and you accomplish what you know you can. 
If all you can do is you say, I can put a dollar a week away into a savings account to start an emergency fund, you do that dollar. And then that little success starts to pay off and you start to feel hope. You feel that you're making progress to your result that you're trying to get to. So you take the smallest as you can and the little bit of success leads to hope and then you're encouraged to keep going and maybe the that becomes $2 or $4 or whatever. And I'm just using that as an example. There's lots of different ways this works. Number four, perform an act of kindness. When we go out and we help other people, it blesses us. It's a gift to us when we're able to help others. And it gives us hope because we're making somebody else's life better. And so it gives us a little bit of hope that our lives are better as well. Number five, and these are in no particular order. I would probably say you should start with number five. Number five is turn to your faith. Strength comes from the Lord. Remember that. Turn to your faith. Go to the Word. Do a word search on hope or loss of hope verses. And you'll get, I mean, there was, there's 200 times that the Bible uses the word hope. At least. I read a lot of scripture on hope, which I'm glad because I also read a lot of scripture or a lot of psychology today articles that don't give you the positive feedback on hope and loss of hope. But strength comes from the Lord, so seek that. And if you don't understand who God is or Christ is and the truths that come out of the Bible, find someone. Go to number two, your mentor, or go to someone else. Come to me and let's talk about it. Let's talk about the challenges you have and why you can or cannot um, believe some of the things that are in the Bible or why you can't believe. Trust the Lord. And then the sixth thing is practice mindfulness. Don't listen to the voices of the past or those that have cut you down. Stay focused on the good you are accomplishing in the moment. So many times we allow ourselves to go back to that self-loathing or you're never going to be anything. You're never going to be amount to anything. It might be our own parents that cut us down. Well, that's okay, but it's not great. You didn't do a good job. I mean, I can probably relate to some of the voices, or a spouse, or, or anyone, or your kids might even do that to you, or vice versa. You might do it to your kids. Be careful, because it's going to stick with them. So you have to practice mindfulness. You don't allow those voices of negativity to continue to play those roles in your head. So I hope that that helps. I hope that helps. I hope, I know, see, I'm using hope all the time myself. I hope that helps. You know, we use hope all the time. And we do. We have hope because we know who Christ is. We do have hope. We have faith in his word and that what he said will become our hope for the future, which is eternal life because of what the scripture said and what Jesus did. We, have, we trust that. And we have hope in the future, eternal life. And that's where we're at. So we have, to, we have to believe Scripture. We have to. So, I'm going to give you a benediction of some Scripture, of course, and a little prayer. And then there's going to be a song I'm going to play um, that's on hope. And you are free to sit and meditate on it. I doubt anybody's going to know it, but you might. If, if you eat at Pizza Ranch in the Midwest, you know it. But um, 
It's, uh, it's from uh, one of the, there's a pizza store that always help, sells a compilation discs of Christian music, um, and that's where I found it. But it's on hope, and it's holding on to hope. And so think about how you will hold on to hope. And think about, and if you're doing good right now, pray for others you know need to hold on to hope. Pray for the students in our schools and all the youth. And don't just do that today. Do that every day. Pray for the college students. They're going into finals this week. There might be a lot of loss of hope going on at the college. You know, they may feel like they can't uh, do things right. They may feel like they're not going to impress their parents or whoever. And so there's going to be some struggles this week. So we just pray for that. So um, I'm going to do the, the benediction. It's Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, Father God, I thank you for today. I lift up all the youth and everyone here. I lift up all the people at the college, at the high schools, at the middle schools, um, just that they will continue to have hope, that they will continue to know that you are the person that they can uh, rely on completely, even when it doesn't look like they can. I just ask you to use the Holy Spirit to prepare their hearts to hear that message and that they will take it in. Lord, I also just I ask you to, to continue to use the, the message that Val spoke at the high school on Friday to those students, that it will change people's hearts and that they will know who you are, Lord. I pray for that earnestly, and I believe it, and I will grab my umbrella if I need it. In Christ's name, amen. When I am weary from the suffering When sorrow's been my only company And when I feel like you forgot me When I'm at the end of my rope Would you help me
I forgot to mention that anyone who feels like they need some help with hope, they, they have any prayer requests, um, Al and Kathy Pryor will be back in the foyer um, in just a little bit so you can meet with them or see myself or any others, the pastors that are here. Um, and oh, by the way, it's Jake's birthday and Beth's birthday today. So we have some birthdays here, so that's awesome. But you guys have a wonderful day. Um, and just let us know how we can serve you. Um, because it's our joy to serve you because we love our Lord. So bless you all today. And those that would like to stay for a little announcement in a few minutes, we're going to reconvene in about five minutes for those that would like to stay.